Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. We're now going to spend some time looking at God's Word together as we continue our series looking at the goodness of God and his love that he has given to us that we've been singing about and proclaiming together this morning and his love that it continues to stand firm in our world today. And we are going to be reading from 1 John uh, chapter 3 this morning. So if you have your Bibles and would like to turn to that, you'll be more than welcome to join me. Uh, Alternatively, the words will hopefully pop up on the screen so you can follow along as we pray together. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are the God of love, that you are the God who has lavished your love upon us. And so this morning we pray that in the midst of all that is going on in our world, of all that is going on in our minds, as we look at your word together, you would once again Remind us of your great love for each one of us, we pray. Amen. Okay, so if you'd like to turn to me, with me to 1 John chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 1 and go through to verse 10 together. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not know what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Some would say that love is a tale as old as time. 
A girl meets a boy. They fall in love and they ride off into the sunset. Their lives changed forevermore. This story has been told time and time again, and I'm sure that even some of us here can imagine and picture the power that love has made in the lives of some of those that we know. They've met the love of their life, and all of a sudden their lives take a different course, and they change to be uh, people that their loved one would want them to be. If we've not seen this narrative in our own lives, I'm sure we've watched TV shows or movies where the premise of the storyline is just this. As we're told in Beauty and the Beast, it's a tale as old as time. A girl meets a beast and the power of love transforms that beast into a handsome and lovable man. His life forever changed. Later this year, Rachel and I will be celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary, and we have had our own Beauty and the Beast love story. I will let you decide which one's Beauty and which one's the Beast, and if you say that I'm not Beauty, I will be upset with you. Um, But when we were on our honeymoon 10 years ago, I remember talking about what life might be like in 10 years' time. Back then, it seemed like it was a long time away, but 10 years has flown by and crept up on us far too quickly. But as I look back over the last 10 years, I can see that I have changed a lot as a result of our relationship together, and I'm sure that in 10 years' time, Rachel hopes I will have changed yet further still um, because I'm still not quite reach, reaching her magnificent um, uh, desire of what I might be like. During our marriage, I have matured just a little bit. Uh, I've learned some new skills. I've developed some new habits. So, for example, I've never been a morning person. I'd much rather go to bed late, get up late, uh, rather than uh, get up early. I'm not really one for getting up early in the morning. By contrast, Rachel, if she had her way, would go to bed shortly after lunchtime. Uh, So we've needed to compromise. We've needed to find a new way of living in order to make our relationship work. There is still room for more transformation, though. I know that Rachel would love me to put my clothes away properly at the end of the day rather than just leave them on a pile on the floor. I know that Rachel would love me to be more observant and not wander around asking where the thing that I had five minutes ago was, uh, but I can't find anymore. I know that Rachel would still like me to become just that little bit more sensible in my sense of humor. Pray for her because that one might take a while. But today... We are continuing this series, working through the book of 1 John together. And in many ways, today's passage gets to the heart of the message that John is wanting to share with the church. As we follow Jesus, we need to know that we are loved. But as we are loved, we also need to live out that love and be loved to those around us as God's love comes into our lives and transforms us to be the people that God wants us to be. So today we're going to think about the lavish love of God and how as we encounter this lavish love, it will transform our lives and enable us to be loved, but, uh, but also to be loved to those around us. 
But before we can show love to anyone, we first need to know that we ourselves are loved. And this is where John starts as we come to our passage this morning. I love this first verse of John chapter three, oh, 1 John chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, John says, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. John wants us all to know that we are loved by God. And that love is not just some warm little feeling that, uh, that feels nice on a, on, a, on a Sunday morning. It's not some nice theological concept. But the love of God is great. It is strong. It is impressive. It is generous. It is gracious. It is all-consuming. He has lavished his love upon us. It has been poured out. It is overflowing. It is abundant. And it is excessive. When it comes to his love for us, God does not do half measures. He has lavished his great love upon us. God's love should take our breath away. A long time ago, I was fortunate enough to be able to go and visit the Grand Canyon. And before I went to visit the Grand Canyon, I went to see some American friends. And uh, as I was chatting to them about our plan to go to the Grand Canyon, they said, yeah, Grand Canyon, it's all right. It's ultimately just a big hole in the ground, though, isn't it? And to be honest, I sort of see their point. It is just a big hole in the ground. But the thing that makes the Grand Canyon so impressive is its grandness and its greatness. The scale of the place, the beauty of the place, the ecosystem of the place. I imagine if you were ever able to get in a helicopter and fly around the Grand Canyon, you would see it in a completely different light rather than just standing on one point at the edge of the big hole. To look at the gl uh, at a glance... You could be forgiven for seeing the Grand Canyon as just a big hole in the ground. But when you take the time to think about it, to fully encounter it, you realize that the Grand Canyon is far greater and much more spectacular than just a big hole in the ground. I think sometimes it can be very easy for us to get Grand Canyon-itis with the love of God. We hear of God's great love for us, but somehow we lose the awe and the wonder of his love and instead see it as just a big hole in the ground. Never mind the lavish, generous extravagance of his love. But if, how do we prevent ourselves from seeing God's love as just a big hole in the ground? How can we fully know the lavish love of God? Well, to fully appreciate the lavish love of God, I think we first need to recognize what it is that often prevents us from seeing and knowing the fullness of God's love for us. We might not recognize God's love for us because of our past, because of something that we have done or something that's happened to us in our lives. It can be so easy to struggle to love ourselves sometimes because of our past. 
yet alone to think that anyone else could possibly love us. This is completely the opposite of the message that we see in Jesus and throughout the Bible. Jesus' love was especially clear for those who had a past. Jesus spent his time with the sinners and the undesirables, and he called them his friends. When people had made mistakes in the past, he offered forgiveness instead of judgment. As Paul tells us in the book of Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Despite your past, you can still encounter the lavish love of God. Sometimes our own time management can prevent us from knowing the love of God. Those of us who are living in, our, in, in relationships will know that if we do not give time to that relationship, it will impact the extent to which we can know and feel the love of our partner towards us. And this, is the, and this same truth is true with God. If we want to see and know the greatness of God's love, if we are to know how lavishly he has revealed his love for us, we need to take the time uh, to see it, to know it, and to appreciate it. That means spending time in prayer. It's time spent reading the Bible, time spent encountering uh, God in worship and, enjoy, and praising him for the love that he has blessed us with, as we have done this morning. It's time gathering together with God's people, united together in his love for us as his church. All these things help us to know the lavish love of God in our lives. And the more time we give to them, the more we will see and know his love for us. Another way we can fail to see God's love is to not know our true identity. Because of God's love that he has lavished upon us, we are now called children of God. We have a new identity. God is not just some great cosmic superpower that we can worship and be in awe of, but he is our father. We can know him intimately. We can know that he loves us and that he wants the best for us. We can know that he is nurturing us and sustaining us to be the people that he has called us and wants us to be. We don't have to earn his love. Just as a father loves his children, so too does God love you. And finally, if we are struggling to know the great and lavish love of God, we need to check our perspective. John tells us that the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. If we want to be able to see the stars in the sky, it's no good looking down at the ground. Instead, we need to change our perspective and we need to look up into the sky. If you want to see and know the love of God, it's no good looking down at the world and all that's within it. God is greater and above anything that we can see in this world. So to truly know and love God, we need to change our perspective off of the ground, into the sky, off of the world, and onto God. 
looking up rather than looking down at the world around us. This means taking our eyes off of our friendship circles alone and putting our eyes on God first. It means not being primarily concerned about our job and our career, but, put it, uh, but instead looking to God above our next promotion. It means not focusing on the money and the wealth that we do or that we don't have, but instead seeing the richness that we have in God's love for us instead. This morning, can I invite you to know the lavish love of God today? Today, you can, may you know that you are loved we will see the fullness and the greatness of God's love for us revealed in Jesus. That he would go to the cross, innocent of any crime, to take on the burden of our sins, our mistakes, our shame, and die that we might be called children of God. May our hearts once again be caught up in the wonder of Jesus' love for us, And today, if you want to know that you are loved, can I encourage you to look to Jesus and see him and the great love that the Father has lavished upon you through him. John wants us to know that we are loved. But as we are loved by God, we should also be transformed by love. And there are four ways that this passage reveals to us that God transforms us by his love. Firstly, John tells us in verse 3 that all who have this hope in him purified themselves just as he is pure. When we encounter the lavish love of God uh, and of Jesus, it's natural for us to imitate him. Love is attractive and it's transformative. Love draws us to be more like the one who has loved us. Jesus is pure, good, and sinless. As we encounter his love for us, we will start to purify ourselves that we might not taint the relationship that we have with him. John is not saying that everyone who follows Jesus has to be sinless and perfect. John has already said in, back in chapter 1 that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Just because we have encountered Jesus doesn't mean to say that we are automatically going to be perfect. It is the Holy Spirit living and working within us who purifies us. We cannot purify ourselves. But as we encounter Jesus, as his spirit comes into our lives, revealing his love into the midst of our lives, he will also gradually reveal his victory and his transformation in our lives, leading us away from sin and instead enabling us to live our lives as God intended us to live. Not only will we be purified as we encounter God's love, but he will also make us righteous by his love. 
Righteousness means not being led astray and living our ways in ways that are right rather than in ways that are not right. My kids love me, and if I told them, and if a stranger told my kids to do something, they should, at least in theory, listen to me. Because I am their father, and not only do I love them, but they know that I want them to live the right way, and so they will be obedient to their father. And this is true with God. As we encounter the lavish love of God, we will not be led astray by people who try to tell us to do things that are not not in our best interest. Instead, we want to stay close to the one who loves us and stay faithful to the way that he wants us to live rather than going in the way that other people are trying to lead us to live instead. We don't do this because we have some kind of legalistic obligation to do so, but because the lavish love of God leads us into the right way of living. We will be transformed by love into righteousness. We will be purified by God's love. And we will also continue to grow in God's love as God's love comes into our lives. In verse 9, John tells us that it is because God's seed remains in us that we will live this pure and this righteous life. Seeds are designed to grow and to develop and nurture new life within us. So as God plants his seed in us, it will grow and it will transform our lives as the Holy Spirit grows and transforms our lives within us. The day you encounter the lavish love of Jesus is a monumental day. Your life will never be the same again. But at that moment, you have not reached the end of the journey. Rather, a seed has been planted in your life and it will continue to grow. It will continue to transform your life. If you've been at church one day for the first time today, welcome that's great. If you've been at church for 50 years, that seed is still growing. You have not reached the end of the road. Hopefully, if you've been here for a little bit of time, that seed has grown as you've spent time in God's presence, as you've worshipped with us as a church community. But you still need to nurture it, that it may continue to grow, that the love of God may continue to grow within you and transform you. And finally, as we encounter the lavish love of God, we can be transformed to love. And John rounds off this section of his letter by saying that anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. One of the fundamental ways that we can be transformed as we encounter the lavish love of Jesus will be seen in how we treat those around us. And isn't this a message for our world today? If we have experienced the lavish love of God, then we too need to show that lavish love to those around us. Not only are we loved by God, but he calls us to love those around us as he has loved us. This, yesterday, I heard a message from a friend of mine 
who is uh, the daughter of a Ukrainian pastor. He is currently in Kiev, in the city centre, but he's staying in Kiev, in the city centre. Why? She said to me, and I quote, because pastors don't flee when there's people to pastor. What an amazing commitment of transformative love to be there in the midst of all that is going on. And that's not just the challenge for the pastors, it's the challenge for the church to not just run away, but where there are people who need to know love to continue to show that love to those around us. Love has the power to transform our lives. Each one of us can know with confidence that we are not only loved, but we can experience the great love that God has lavished upon us. So may we know his love. May we grow into his love. May our lives be transformed by his love. And may all the world see the power of God's love in us, his people. Let's pray together. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Lord God, we thank you for the wonder and the lavishment of your love that you have poured upon us. Lord, we pray that we would not just see your love as a big hole in the ground, but we would once again see a fresh glimpse of the wonder of your love in our lives. And Lord, as we see the wonder of your love, We pray too that your love would grow and transform us. Would you purify us? Would you keep us righteous, walking in step with you, close uh, to your love? Would you nurture that seed of love in us that it might grow to overflowing, that it might spring out of us from that little seed that you initially planted? And Lord, by the power of your spirit, by the power of your love in us, would you help us to love our brothers and sisters, to love those around us, not by our own strength, but by the power of your love, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.